This is Padres Homily, a ministry of the Our Lady of the Lake and St. Anne Catholic Parish Collaborative in Southwest Michigan. We are a welcoming Catholic community committed to serving God and neighbor, whether here in Michigan or throughout the world. We hope this message from our pastor Father Robert Flickinger will help open up the Word of God and nourish your faith. As you probably heard me say on some occasions that the hardest homily of the year is to preach on Holy Trinity Sunday. When I was at St. Basil's, I had a deacon, and so guess who got to preach that Sunday every year? Uh, I have no deacon, and uh, I'm not sure if I could have connived any of you to do it either, so we're here. But even every time that feast does come up, though, uh, my mind goes back a little bit to when, and actually a long ways, to when I was a little kid in elementary school at St. Andrew's School in, in Grand Rapids. And I recall how the saintly Dominican nuns, I call them saints, because they truly were putting up with us. We were 60 kids in a classroom, okay, one nun. And I recall that saintly nun had the almost impossible task of trying to explain to us angelic, disinterested students the mystery of the Holy Trinity. We didn't really care to know what it was. We just knew we had to know something. So these overworked religious women talked about how maybe this would help that St. Patrick taught the Irish farmers that the Trinity was like a shamrock. One stem, three leaves, yet one plant. And there was always that kid in the back, what's a shamrock, you know? Or they mentioned St. Ignatius who compared the Trinity to three notes comprising a single chord or sound. I'm not a musician, so that didn't help me. They would tell us how others use the image of water, which can assume three distinct forms. Steam when heated, ice when frozen, and liquid at room temperature. That kind of made sense to me. That was pretty interesting. And still others use the image of the sun, which also manifests itself to us uh, in three distinct forms, heat, light, and energy. The one that I liked more than most of them was the uh, analogy of taking my mother or my father, but take my mother and, you know, she was one person, you know, but, but sometimes she was uh, the dean of discipline. You know. Other times she was a consoler. Uh, other times she was the inspirer. She played all those roles, but was the same mother and father. And so uh, there's many ways of looking at this. But after these carefully thought images were given to us by the good nuns, uh, we often sat there as students and we were still confused how God could be one and still be three distinct persons. And so the sisters would note and see the confusion of our little innocent little faces and they would drop the big bombshell and end all discussion. It's a mystery. Let's move on to the next chapter. The sisters were correct. The Trinity is certainly a great mystery. The teaching that God is three in one and one in three will always be a mystery for us. 
Some people have found that a scriptural approach, and I like that, to the Trinity might be helpful. Because God revealed to himself to us in history, and that revelation is recorded in scripture. If we take a serious look at scripture from start to finish, we see that God first revealed himself to us as Father in the Old Testament. Then, later, in the Gospels, as his Son, and finally, he revealed himself in the Holy Spirit in the Acts of the Apostles. The Old Testament, from the very beginning, shows God acting as a Father and Creator. A Father and a Creator. He created the whole world and all that is in it. And we see the Father's great love for humankind, creating us in his own image and likeness, and giving us dominion over the entire world. He entrusted us to the Garden of Eden. Humankind turned against the Father and moved away from his dependence on God. But despite that rebellion, God, the loving Father, did not remain distant. He didn't give up on us. He made a covenant with Abraham and watched over his descendants. And when they were enslaved in Egypt, God sent Moses to the Pharaoh with the command, let my people go. He led them through the desert for 40 years of testing, where he gave them the Ten Commandments and entered into a new covenant of love with them. Once again, the chosen people strayed away from God. But he sent the prophets with a consistent message. God is a God of love who wants his people back, who's always pursuing them, the hound of heaven. And all through these many centuries, we see God as a loving father, not as a punishing father, reaching out to reconcile with his wayward and ungrateful children, the very ones he created out of nothing in an even greater act of love, God the Father sent his only son, Jesus, to be with us. God the Father, as it were, withdraws in the scriptures to the background, and God the Son takes center stage in the drama of salvation history. Jesus appeared preaching and teaching, declaring God's unconditional love for us, calling all of us to repentance and forgiveness of sin. He showed us by his word, deed, and example how to live as children of God, ultimately laying down his greatest love by giving up his life. As the word of God, Jesus was the perfect revelation of the Father. But still, the apostles were unable to comprehend who Jesus really was, or they could not grasp fully the significance of his message. So God came to them in the Holy Spirit to bring to fulfillment the work done by Jesus. The Holy Spirit enlightened the early church and helped it to come to understand and accept all that Jesus had revealed. Just as Jesus played the central role in the beginning of the New Testament or the four Gospels, so we see the Holy Spirit dominating the end of the New Testament, the Acts of the Apostles. The Acts chronicle the history, development, and expansion of the church after the ascension of Jesus. The Holy Spirit thus signified the continuing and abiding presence of God in the world today. 
helping the church to understand and to put into practice the teachings of Jesus Christ. On this Sunday, we should give thanks to God the Father who created us, to God the Son who redeemed us, and to God the Holy Spirit who continues to live within us and in the church as a life-giving force. In these days, we continue to deal with the horrible pandemic of the coronavirus. It has taken so many lives, has disrupted the economic security of so many people, and has caused great anxiety in our young and old alike. At the same time, sadly, our nation has been witnessing a racial divide, protest, violence, and a challenge to make right what has been so wrong for so long. This feast of the Holy Trinity should remind us, and I hope this is the message we carry away, should remind us that we were all created equal and loved by God, the God of creation. Jesus died for all of us, black, white, Hispanic, Asian. He prayed that we would all be one. He told us to love one another as he loved us. And the Holy Spirit guides us to unity, respect for differences, peace, justice, and respect for all human life. This is the message, I believe, of what we celebrate today, this feast day. The challenge for us is to live it. Thank you for listening to Padre's Homily, a ministry of the Our Lady of the Lake and St. Anne Catholic Parish Collaborative in Southwest Michigan. Please come back every Sunday afternoon for a new message from our parish family. From all of us at Our Lady and St. Anne, God bless you.